Hello and welcome back. Hey everyone. Today is the third episode of the pod. Deckers so don't litter. Deckers don't litter. I'm here. We got Kayla. We got Sarah Buds, and we also got. Hi, I'm Mikey. Yay! Why don't you introduce yourself, Mikey? I'm a TRF junior. I'm part of the Mew class. Yay! If you could see any concert, like for the first time, like either that you've already seen or any concert in history, what would you go to? Hilary Duff Dignity Tour 2007. It's when she had dark hair, okay. which I'm incredibly partial to. Sure. So I just want to see that. It's also the one that I'm sure that she sang live the most of. All of her other tours were lipped. So mm-hmm. I would like to experience that. What songs were on that album? I'm not. Uh, nothing that nothing the I average would person would recognize. Cool. No, none of the why nots or the. Okay. Uh, Is it like with love? Yes. Okay. okay yeah. Okay, okay. Got you. I um, didn't know if that was. Kayla's just clearly not an average person. <laughs> I I would say that I dabbled in some Hillary Duff. All right. So today our loose theme is going to be pop culture. We have Mikey as our resident pop culture expert. Clearly, if you just whipped out 2007 Hillary Duff tour, I mean, I was really expecting like. I feel like when you ask most people that concert question, you get like Live Aid or Woodstock or like when the Beatles first came to America. Like, but Hilary Duff was really unique and so really shows your pop culture prowess. Do you have an answer? Do you have a favorite or a concert um, you'd choose? I would choose, do you want to make fun of me? Like, should I give my um, real yes, answer? Yes, honest answers only. So when Taylor Swift did her fearless tour the Saturday night at Gillette Stadium, it started raining in the beginning, beginning or the mid, no, it was like the middle of her set in one of her songs. And it was absolutely magical. And I would go back and relive that moment. Can I ask what song it started raining? It started raining in the middle of fearless. Yeah. So wait, where are you from, Mikey? I'm from New Jersey. Okay. Proudly. Do you have close concert venues? Uh, I mean, anything in New York City. Got you. It's like a half hour away. That must be a fun trip to yeah. go to New York City for it's so exciting. anything, honestly. The train ride or like having to convince someone's parents to drive you right. and then pick you up. Mm, yes. One time I, I had this one friend who was like particularly wealthy and a car service took us home. Wow. That's, that was like That's the peak. best. That is amazing. Experience. Keep those friends close. So do you have a best concert you've ever been to? A best concert I've ever been to? I've only ever seen, like, really big artists. Like, I've only literally been to, like, multiple Ariana Grande concerts. Mm-hmm. I s- I've seen Lady Gaga and I've seen Beyonce. <gasps> you've seen Lady Gaga? Yes. Was it incredible? Yeah, it was so good. It was the Joanne her. tour. <gasps> wow. But it, she, I felt so bad. I think it was illness-related, but she was so late. Like Really? Two hours late. People <gasps> were... I saw it at City Field also, so you have to take a train from City Field back to Madison Square Garden, and then you have to try and catch the last train home back to Jersey, which is like 1230 or something. Yeah. And she didn't start the concert until close to 11, and it's like a two-hour show. So the entire time, we're just watching people file out. Like, she was doing Million Reasons and The Cure, and we were literally, like, in the parking lot. Like, everyone was running to the train. Oh, my God. And it happened to me there with Beyonce, too. She was singing Halo as the closing number, and everyone is running down the stairs with their back, their their faces behind them, trying to look at the stage, trying not to fall. Trying not to miss the train. I will say that that is a benefit of Gillette Stadium not being in Boston, but in fact being in the suburbs. Right. Is that, like, there's none of that because there's ample parking space. Like, 
it's, you know, we don't have to catch right. a train. I used to actually park at my friend's house and who walk. lives really close me and too. walk. Talking about these concerts is making me very nostalgic. I know. I think actually the best concert I've ever been to, and you can make fun of me for this, most people do. Summer of 2017, Coldplay did their last. No, big... Coldplay's incredible. Okay, thank you. Most yeah, people. Yeah, this is a safe. Yeah, most people make fun of me for this, but all of my friends and I decided to go to a Coldplay concert. We were in the nosebleeds, the very last row at Gillette Stadium, and it was an unbelievable concert. And I, because I feel like Coldplay has so many absolute bangers from our childhood, Viva La Vida, Paradise, and it was absolutely unreal. I feel like that was one of my greatest concert experiences. Wow. I think about it all the time. My friends and I are always like, that was an almost religious experience. Yeah. I get that. I yeah. didn't even answer mine, which I think would be the first Ariana Grande concert I okay. went to. 2015, like post my everything, like problem mm-hmm. era. Oh, cool. That was like perfect. I was like freshly 15, like such a stan. That's yeah. when that music really, really hits too. Yeah. And it was her most like dancey like the closest she would probably ever get now to like a madonna or like a britney style right. tour like yes. heavy choreography like Very shirtless dancers yeah like of course pink rain and like big chandeliers and clouds like it was just like a dream come true at that point wow. there are no there's no music quite like the music that you loved when you were in early high school late middle school mm-hmm. there's nothing like it I read- you can't duplicate that feeling ever. No. I used to drive to school with my mom because my mom worked at the school that I went to. So we would literally go together. Carpool. And for like the 12 to 14 minutes that it would take us to get there, I would play Lana Del Rey Paradise or Lana Del Rey Ultraviolence on mm-hmm. the way there. And like, I don't know if either of you are familiar with the song Cola by yes. her. Yes. My pussy tastes like Pepsi Cola. Oh, like yes. The yes. refrain. And I would like listen to that like, as a 14-year-old. Yeah, just like, you and your mom. Your mom? Car. Yes. See, <laughs> it's a blessing because, and a curse, I guess, but my mom is hearing impaired. So oh. she can't really make out a lot of the lyrics. Like, she just kind of relies on, like, the beat and, like, yep. whether the voice sounds good. So she never, like, she was completely clueless to, like, the depth of the music. Mm-hmm. So That's I think. kind of nice. I, yeah, I got away with a lot because I was, yeah. like, 14 listening to. Wow. I remember reading a study once that, like, when you're growing up, your music taste is so heavily influenced by your guardians and, like, what the people around you are listening to. But when you're 13 is when you start making music choices on your own, really. And from 13 to 15, you determine the music ta- your music taste for the rest of your life by what you're listening to. Yeah. Wow. I think 13 the makes door a lot of just sense. shut for me. Like, yeah. I've noticed that I'm coming, becoming less interested in listening to new music or, like, taking recommendations. Like, I like what I like. It's right now you decently are? expansive. Yeah, like, I feel like that me too. figuring it out phase is, like, over. Right. I that listen, makes sense. Yeah, I listen to such a wide range of music that I think I really do shock people at times with, like, what I will come out and say yeah, that I listen Spotify to. Yeah, you're Spotify top. Everything had me on the floor. Okay, let's all go around. I want to go last. Let's all go around and say what our 2020 Spotify wrapped, like, top five were. Mikey, kick it off. Number one, Stupid Love, Lady Gaga. Number two, She's So Gone, Naomi Scott. Number three, Rain On Me, Lady Gaga with Ariana Grande. Number four, I Kissed a Girl, Katy Perry. Number five, Man by JoJo. I love JoJo. You know, she's from Massachusetts, obviously. Yes. Yep. She's a self um, I met her asshole. at a hibachi restaurant one time. You did? And by met her, I mean I was at the hibachi restaurant with my entire family, drinking a Shirley Temple, obviously. 
and she walked in and just like got a drink and I waved to her and then she waved back to me. What year was so, this? I was probably like 11. So okay. whatever year that was. Cute. Such a legend. Have My- you guys met celebrities? I need to know. Um, Kind of. So I am family friends with the author of Diary- the Diary of a Wimpy Kid yeah, series. Yeah, he's your neighbor, right? He's not my neighbor. He lives in my town, and he owns a bookstore in my town. Oh, and that's so cute. His oldest son is my sister's age and has known my sister because they went to preschool together since they were three. So we've known him pre-fame, during fame, and now when he's still famous. The, one, the most down-to-earth man. He is so kind. That's um, so cool. That's probably the biggest celebrity I've personally even He's met. He's a huge celebrity. I mean, people love Dire of a Wimpy Kid. Yeah. So. What about you, Mike? I have only met, I think, like, lower C-list, upper D-list gays. Really? Like, I met, I ran into Patrick Starr, the makeup artist. Oh, at, okay, yes. Um, Not the, me picturing the cartoon I know, character. I immediately I went know. to Spongebob. Um, at the Plaza Hotel. Wow. Here oh. Vienna. I don't really remember why I was there. Um, I didn't even really know who he was. I recognized him, but yeah. I had never, like, watched and in, engaged with his content. But, of course, me and my two friends were, like, did a whole act and pretended. Oh, yeah, like, so we biggest got a picture. Exactly. You have to. I think my friend Elizabeth might have shed a tear, just <laughs> for emphasis. Um, and I met Frankie Grande and oh. Joan Grande before an RE concert once. Cool. Wow. Okay, so what about artists. your artists? Again, it just – I. I'm really being painted into a corner of, like, basic, basic gay here. <laughs> uh, number one, Ariana Grande. Number two, Lady Gaga. Number three, Katy Perry. Number four, Britney Spears. Number five, JoJo. So, Kayla, what about your Spotify top artists so and So, I literally can't find my top artists. I okay. apparently don't know how to use Spotify. My top songs, Myron by Lil Uzi. Awaken by Big Wild, Skin by Dijon, Just What I Am, Kid Cudi, and Complicated by Moramasa. I think that's how you pronounce it. I don't know. There was definitely a few years I was kind of ashamed of, like, my music taste and, like, people that I loved. And now I really, similar to how you were saying earlier, Mikey, now I'm just like, you know what? I like what I like, and, like, I'm not afraid of it. I don't believe in guilty pleasures. Because everything, it can just be a pleasure. It doesn't have to be guilty. Why be guilty about it? You clearly like it. It, You can acknowledge that maybe it's for a really trashy reason, but I don't harbor any guilt about it. But Yeah. uh, Yeah, and music is for everyone. So, like, I don't know. You can't gatekeep music and be like, this is good and this is bad. Like, people just like what they like. Yeah, I'm not interested in being snobby about music. Right. Like, just, it's all here for us to enjoy it. Yes. If it so. moves you in some sort of way, and that might be like listening to some sort of auto-tuned Paris Hilton record and feeling like a, a million bucks today. A yeah. million bucks. And sometimes it depends on the day. Like that's why there has to be such a variety because exactly. you never know how you're going to feel. Yeah, I'm not how, always on top need. of the world. I love a lot of like old Sheryl Crow. Right. I'm a huge No Doubt fan. I love fan. Sheryl Crow. Okay, so we're dying to know. The fans you are dying to know are dying what to know. are Sarah Butts' top five. My top songs are Motion Sickness, Phoebe Bridgers, Everybody Lost Somebody, The Bleachers, um, There's Still a Light On by Valley, Highwayman by The Highwaymen. Do you know who The Highwaymen are? Not a clue. No. Oh, you just wait. And um, Dreams of Mickey Mantle by The Bleachers, which leads me to my top five artists, which are No One Should Be Shocked by This, number one, Six years running, Taylor Swift. Yep. Number two, The Bleachers. Number three, Johnny Cash. Number four, The Highwaymen. And number five, Willie Nelson. It was the Willie Nelson Oops. for me. Yeah. 
It's the Johnny Cash. It, well, actually, my Virgo Moon is going to well, come out for a second, and I have to ask you, Sarah. Is it the bleachers or is it bleachers? Oh, it's bleachers. It's not the bleachers. Okay, thank you. That was just a me paraphrasing. I've never even heard of them. The ble- bleachers? Who is yeah, it? I don't it's think so. It's um, it's Jack Antonoff. Jack Antonoff. Oh, okay. And the Highwaymen, I must say, my number four is a band that has both Johnny Cash and Willie Nelson in it. Oh wow. Yeah. Do you like yes. all Taylor, like even new Taylor? Absolutely. Everything? Yes. Let's get into a, a quick Taylor. Quick discourse. Taylor. I could do a we quick also have a current pop culture issue happening with her that I would like opinions on. Yes. Okay. So um, I, sorry, you go first, Kayla. No, I was just going to say, I don't know if I know what the issue is. Mm. So I might need. So Taylor is, this is, this is tough. This is what I always say to people is I have loved Taylor Swift since I was nine years old and I will love her I will love her forever unless she does something deeply problematic. Mm-hmm. However, th- she does, she does, has done what and if continues. I was like, uh, like position herself at the forefront of the LGBTQ plus movement as a yep. uh, cisgendered white woman. Yes. Like I love her, it, but I like recognize that she has done like very problematic things and like kind of continues to do problematic things. However, I will say like not to play devil's advocate to that because I don't think that there should be a devil's advocate to that. That should like stand alone. She also is one of these female musicians and honestly just like female celebrities who was really victimized by the media and was so torn, like torn apart really. And I have a lot of people who like were like, I hated Taylor Swift and I couldn't tell you why I hated Taylor Swift. Similar to how a lot of people were like, we all make fun of 2007 Britney, Mm -hmm. but we caused 2007 Britney. So I really do love Taylor Swift. I love her music. and But I do recognize that there are problems surrounding her and her platform. Yeah, I have a lot of respect for her as well. And I enjoy like 80% of her music. And Mm -hmm. even the rest, it's not even like a hatred. It's just literally like kind of an indifference to certain things. I will say... Uh, this is why we can't have nice things and stay, stay, stay Mm -hmm. are two that I have thrown away and pretend don't exist. I am the same with uh, me and you can calm down. Those can go directly in the trash. Mm -hmm. Um, Taylor Swift is so interesting because she can have stuff like all too well and (gasps) like – Unreal. Even just like a song like 22, the entire Red album. Things yes. that really live with you and resonate and like stand the test of time and have impacted me. But at the same time, I find her so hilariously cringy time at like sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like her 2014 VMA performance of Shake It Off, where she yeah. like climbs up onto this huge marquee of like that says 1989. She's with all these dancers. She's shimmying in this like flapper style two piece the whole time, and she gets to the top, and sh- you think she's gonna jump, and then she doesn't, and she goes like, "Oh, I'm not gonna jump off of this. Like I don't even care that this is the VMAs." And then pauses, walks back down the steps, and then hits the big note during the bridge and. By hit, I mean misses, and it's like so embarrassing. Oh no! Yeah, it like breaks my heart. Jumped Taylor. Yeah, I know. Yes. Yeah, I love Red and Speak Now. Those whole Mm -hmm. albums like just resonate with everyone. I'm sure. And I don't know, like her old music is just so good to me, and I could listen to it forever. But her last like 18 albums, because she has like a million albums. Like, the last, everything she's released after Red, basically, I just, like, didn't really like the music. Mm -hmm. And I also just, I don't know, I started having problems with her 
like years ago because I personally just felt like she was somebody that very much ignored kind of what was happening in the world unless it was like trending for her to be involved yeah. with it. Um, which I mean, not saying that like just because you're a celebrity means that you have to put yourself like use your platform for whatever, but mm-hmm. she like kind of profited off of. Well, it's interesting because she's been on both sides of, like, she's she'll profit off of it when she unnecessarily inserts herself, but she's also profited when she's been silent. Like, yes. she has stayed silent to maintain a certain demographic. Right, and I feel like it's just all totally performative about, like, what she's, like, expected to do or whatever she can make the most killing off of, basically. And I just didn't feel like it was very genuine. But then, like you said, like mm-hmm. people were saying, like, they didn't even know why they didn't like her. So I had to take a step back and, like, really take a check on my internalized misogyny and see, mm-hmm. like, how I really felt about her and everything. So exactly. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying not to be a Taylor hater anymore as much I know. as I was. As a feminist, I just don't it's love like, I don't want to put that out there. I don't yeah. want exactly. to do what we did to Britney. It's exactly. like, I'm not interested in, like, putting this rhetoric, like, or spinning this whole narrative about her. But there yeah. is, I'm not going to also ignore certain things true and i do have a lot of respect for her like you said too and i i acknowledge that she's an incredibly talented person so and there are men in this industry that do far worse and so much worse absolutely right so it's like like, i don't need to shine a light on the somewhat problematic things that taylor swift Mm -hmm. has done yeah because i could hold them in the palm of my hand compared to someone like chris brown yeah right the absolute sexism and the differences between that the standard that men are held to and the standard that women are held to. Let's talk about WAP. Wet Ass Pussy by Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion. That caused such an out, outrage and uproar this summer. And listen to literally any male rap song. Mm-hmm. Right. And they are saying versions of those lyrics. Mm-hmm. And it's different when a, when a woman is doing it and when women are owning it. Like, the fact that they're owning it and owning their sexuality and owning having sex and then just completely torn apart by the media, by Mm -hmm. other artists. It's so sad. I see TikToks and videos and recordings and reposts of, like, WAP playing. Cardi B will do a live stream and it's playing and then culture comes in and she turns it off. And people love to, like, spin this whole narrative that, you know, ev- she's even acknowledging that it's like so vastly inappropriate for. It's inappropriate because the it's, it's a baby. Yeah, yeah, because she's a toddler. Right. Like yes. you would you would censor anyone from. I, I would turn off certain Ariana Grande songs. Right. A- around a three year old. Yeah. Like, yeah. But people love to be like, no, yeah, this is different than all other rap right. songs. There's a reason. Like, yeah. Thank God for Missy Elliott. Really. Seriously. Yes. And True. people forget. It's honestly sad. Like mm-hmm. some of her legacy has feel like has really gone. I don't know, under the radar. It's really hidden these days. Yeah, I think it's like a lot of people in this generation maybe just honestly don't know who she is. Yeah, which people is don't do their research. Right. It's like if you like Nicki Minaj, like please go back. It's well, that's like the thing me about discovering Britney. I, you right. have to go listen to Madonna and exactly. I was just gonna, gonna say not... that. That's the thing about Britney is you have to realize like, like I always say like, oh, Britney was the blueprint, but like Britney wasn't even the blueprint. She was just the blueprint for like our generation. Yeah, but she, she was had an elevator, so much. But right. she's a student Elevator's of a good these word. other women. So should we take the Britney deep dive? Yeah, I yes. think it's time. Cool. So has everyone seen the free Britney documentary? Yes. Framing Britney. Framing Britney. I have. Let's it, just get into it. I, so I um, have done projects on like women in the entertainment industry before. So I definitely like kind of was in the, like like knew of the zeitgeist of like these very young, very impressionable women were taken by these large corporations and these power hungry 
mm-hmm. managers and agents and Brittany, Mandy, Jessica, yep. Christina, the list goes on and yep. on. And turned into something they are not and were not by the media. But watching that, I have also seen the Paris Hilton documentary, the Demi Lovato documentary, Taylor Swift documentary. Right. I always find myself absolutely crying mm-hmm. because it's so sad. Like, it's devastating. It's absolutely devastating. And it's also hard to think about like what we're like, like the public's complacency. In we this. have a hand in it. Absolutely. Exactly. I grew up reading the Star magazine covers in, like as a five-year-old in yes. the supermarket lines with my mom. Like that is the reason that I am the way that I am. But you know, I wrote much- my college essay about ta- about tabloids and how I used to obsessively read them when I was in grocery stores. Sarah. So did I. That's oh my so god! Crazy. Wow, that's crazy. Wow. Um, I don't know where we were going with. Well, uh, what were well, you? You were grow up reading these tabloid covers oh, and which like are just so incredibly problematic. Yeah. And it, I pride myself on some innate empathy that I used to read those and feel sad even mm-hmm. as a child. I definitely didn't get enjoyment out of seeing those no. things. I remember being in second grade. This would have been 2007, right after Britney shaved her head, being. Like acknowledging that situation and checking out a Britney Spears uh, autobi- or biography at my school library, bringing it home and my parents making me return it the next day because <gasps> of like everything that yeah. was going on with her at the time. Like it was seen as so like racy or inappropriate for me to be engaging with that. Yet people were making it the biggest news in the world. When I was a kid, I was like, oh, my God, like she's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I genuinely and like it was because of the way that she was made out to be. And then like. Something that was so shocking to me in the documentary was when they had the, um, the paparazzi. paparazzi speaking. And <gasps> it was the, the day that she broke his um, car window. And, I mean, he is responsible for publishing those pictures that, like, really, like, led to her, mm-hmm. quote-unquote, spiral, as people call it. But, I mean, he he basically took no responsibility for it and was like, oh, no, she loved it. Like, she liked us there. Like, she would was- say leave us alone for the – leave her alone for the, the day. day. Right. Like, as if that's whatever what she meant. Right, like, and it, yeah. it's so crazy. And I don't know, like, to watch the documentary and be like, oh, she shaved her head so that people would stop sexualizing her because she was a yes. young woman in the industry. She and like said, I'm tired of people touching me. I don't want anyone touching me. It's right. Like, that is physical and metaphorical. Like, yeah. I, I, I'm not showing up to your photo shoots. I don't want this, my, this blonde hair trademark mm-hmm. anymore. Like, I quit. Right. And it's just that, like, that is so, so, so different from the narrative that we thought it was. And it's just, it blows my mind how it can be twisted like that. And I have a really good example, I think, to uh, support what you were saying about how we're in a different place now. It really makes you look back. Mm -hmm. I would say if if this was 10 years ago, or I guess 13 years ago at this point, and Ariana Grande was in the position that Britney Spears was in, it would have gone exactly the same. Like, thank God we are in where we're at now. Everything that happened and the success and the leading up like the manchester mac miller yep. pete right. davidson i was about thing, to say that she was even people pete bl- davidson is her kevin Federline. like that mm. is exactly what was going on true if, if people did not have the hindsight of like a britney type yes. situation and feminism and our the way that we speak about women having evolved like right. i genuinely believe that she would have fallen in the same exact way. Also, the fact that people blamed Ariana Grande for Mac Miller's death was disgusting to me. (sighs) It is so apparent that she loved him. And I watched a Pete Davidson interview where he talked about how he, because they were still engaged at the time when Mm -hmm. Mac Miller died. And he basically talked about um, 
the fact that he said to her, you can do whatever you need. I'm here for you. I, I understand. And he said, I knew it was over that day. I knew we were not going to get married. I knew it was over. Mm. And I feel like and for Pete Davin to, to say that and have that emotional depth about something and like, <laughs> right. It, I mean, yeah. Yeah. And also I think it shows that like, she no, I mean, how could she ever be responsible? But it shows how much she cared, and people. Plus, it's not her, her fault. In, not like, at no. all. In general, like no. Even what? if it was, let's play devil's advocate and say that that's how addiction works, right? That one person can control right. another yeah. person. Also, like, he was dating fate. somebody else when yes. he died. Yep. It wasn't like the, that, they were each other's. Published. Exactly. Like, you probably had to search for that information. Right. That was not what was being no. spread around. It's like let's just say that that's the case. Like. His friends were coming out after his death and saying Ariana Grande was the best thing that ever happened to Mac Miller in terms of his sobriety, responsibility, engagement, like consciousness. It's crazy. And you can tell. You can tell. When you watch videos of them together, anything. The whole album is literally about her. It's crazy. I've never seen him so, like, with it than during those years. Yeah. And it's, I mean, which is also, it. It goes to show that addiction is a disease and that people who lose to addiction are losing to a disease, which is something, you know, relating back to everything, something we don't really talk about. Look at Whitney Houston. Yeah. I mean, people, Amy. Yeah. Amy Winehouse. People villainize them in the media. And it no, like they like so many people around the world lost their battle to addiction. addiction. Right. It's that 27 Club thing, too. Mac Miller just missed it. Yeah. Right. Ugh. Miley Cyrus, just going off of that, was saying that she was petrified in all of her Plastic mm-hmm. Hearts interviews. She's been acknowledging, like, 27 was a really big year for me. It's it's when all the legends go. You know, she's had a openly kind of turbulent relationship with, like, drugs. drugs she yeah. says that alcohol is not even her issue. It's, okay. like, some other stuff. And, you know, I find that really interesting. It's yes. like we, we – Again, culturally, we acknowledge it, but we're not really there for those people in a way that's mm-hmm. like supportive or helpful. Right, we're and still it's the same. It makes me think of Demi too. Oh, because absolutely. You know that every time something happens to her, the media loves to take it and run with it. She was like the bad want. girl of Disney. Look yeah. at JoJo Siwa and what just happened when she came out, and all of these people like came like came out against her. She's such a great role model for. LGBTQ youth and came out and was like, this is who I am and this is who I love and is really such a great role model. And all these people were just like, no, and it like turned their back on her. And mm-hmm. it was so like just another example of, you know, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you yeah. don't. That's a great segue back to Britney, the whole role model aspect right. of the documentary and just of her career. Like, the comment from the governor, the governor of Delaware's wife or whatever, uh, at a anti-domestic violence rally, the one that said, if I had the opportunity to shoot Britney Spears, I would. I would. Like, and for Diane Sawyer to, like, be interrogating her and prodding her yes, in right. the way that she is, that, that interview is so gross. I don't know what is worse, that one or the Matt Lauer one where she's pregnant and she's crying and is like, is that one of your biggest wishes for the paparazzi to leave you alone? And she's like, I guess I'm going in two directions. We can decide where we want to take this, the role model route or like the the rhetoric around her being a mom and a bad mom mm-hmm. is well, one of the most hard. Let's go things. down the mom route for a second, because the thing that in the documentary from the beginning, all she said was like, I want to be a mom. I want to be a mother. I want to be a mom. And then it happens for her. And it's like supposed to be this beautiful, happy thing mm-hmm. that she's always wanted and I'm thinking again of the paparazzi, like when she 
was um, driving with her kid in the front seat because she was literally trying to escape them because they put her and her kid in danger. Who was and then they newborn? called her a bad Did mother. You imagine that situation is happening and you you put your newborn in the car seat, the backwards facing car seat in the back seat yep. of the car, wh- listening to them sob while you run away from the paparazzi. No way. I no. would have done the exact same I thing. I would have too. Situation. I would have done the same thing. Special circumstances call for special action. And like, it's the way that they portray it that mm-hmm. everybody sees it. And that's why the documentary is called Framing Britney because she was framed. Right. She was framed. Like, there, it was an oops moment. There's going to be a thousand And think oopses. about every mom. Like, my mom, I'm sure, has done some stuff like that. Like, all moms, like, have some My sister something fell that down the stairs. Do. Right. My, and, like, infant. my mom dropped my sister. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, it's common. It's so common. And like a tripping while you're walking, holding your kid, like yeah. kids aren't the lightest thing ever. Like people just, and then I don't know. adding that paparazzi element, the bodyguards, the, a number of people, like I, I couldn't even imagine. Yeah. And like that protective instinct too, to want to protect your child. And like yes. that maternal drive that she had always had, even from when she was pretty much a kid, she always said she wanted to be a mother and they ruined it for her. I'm and, glad you picked up on that. Cause yeah. it's mm-hmm. not, the, it, it is evident, but it, if you know the history, like I've really watched every interview, especially from the early days, like there are ones where she says like, you know, I'm 21 now or when I, once I'm 21, whatever, like pretty soon I want to be a young mom. Like I, I'm probably just going to retire. Right. And, yeah. Like, have she kids. had that Southern charm. Yeah, like, like it was I her just whole, yeah. Sit around a pool, drink margaritas and like with my girlfriends and watch my kids swim. Right. And like that is her life is nothing like that and no. it never they took away the opportunity and they took away their children life. they took away everything. everything her conservatorship is appalling and for people who are listening who don't know a lot about conservatorships those are supposed to be the absolute last resort mm-hmm. like that is not the first thing you do because as it is explained in the documentary very it's easy it's easy to get into a conservatorship it is nearly impossible, impossible to, to get out of one Right. And that this They're is reserved for people who like can't pour themselves a glass of water. Right. Like, or cannot keep a home from falling down around them. People that are so incapable of literally taking care of themselves. Yes. Not people that tour the world and do like right. If she's from working this whole time. Yes. No way. Working the whole time. And like right. you do need a diagnosis to be able to get a conservatorship. So it's so I just remember watching it and like for people listening, like I have a, an, I have a disabled brother. My brother is autistic, and I am one of his legal guardians because he he cannot be alone for like more than twenty minutes at a time. You know, we have to be home with him. He needs people to run his life who have his best interest in heart. And so, it was interesting for me watching the documentary as someone who is like involved. I'm not like a conservator, but like involved in a situation like this, like. It's if my brother were capable, he would be he we wouldn't have the situ- we wouldn't be in the situation we're mm-hmm. in. But it is because he is incapable in a way that like Brittany isn't. Yes. And it's sad just to go back to kind of connect the two, the mom thing with the conservatorship. Yeah. It, I don't remember how much this was talked about in the documentary, but I know for a fact they use those kids as tools to keep her in the conservative a hundred percent they say to fight to get them get back custody even to this day if she if she wants to fight back or stop taking whatever meds that she's supposed yep. to be on as per her father making her take uh they use the kids for people who haven't watched the documentary her father is not painted in a great light and is basically shown to be an absent and like borderline abusive father most of her childhood and like money young- grabbing too. Money son. grabbing. He physically assaulted her son last year and yes. he went on Instagram live and said that he was a dick and maybe said 
should die. But that might the be sun said that? People. Yeah, the sun. Wow. Though yes. um her boyfriend came out recently and said something too. He yeah. he literally, I think, quote, like Jamie Spears is a dick. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, yeah, that's the quote. That's the quote. What's the role that her mom has in this current It's kind of situation? hard because from my understanding, I think if do you guys remember Felicia, the assistant yes. from yes. the documentary? I think a lot of the female figures in Britney's life have a very similar approach that she does. That kind of like very sweet, huge heart, but kind of reserved in terms of actionable steps that Mm -hmm. they can take because of like misogyny and like the way that their society is set up. So I think her mom really does have her best interest in mind, but it's been 13 years that the dad has been in charge. She doesn't know the lingo. It's hard to get a lawyer and fight this ironclad kind of situation with million-dollar lawyers. I mean, she's just a person who raised some kids. Like, she, yeah. uh, it's just, a, I think, out of her wheelhouse and out of anyone's wheelhouse, and there's no entry point. So I, I think emotionally there is a support system there among the women in her life, but in terms of, like, taking action it, it's pretty much impossible I mean, and they, jamie lynn spears her little sister who also was villainized by the media for being a teen mother mm-hmm. and i remember watching an interview where the interviewer was like do you feel guilty for causing a generation of teen mothers and she was like that's not on me i made one right. decision mm-hmm. that's like i remember years and years ago i remember something happened it was like something happened with justin bieber and a, an interviewer at some point asked Miley Cyrus about it and they were like oh what do you think about this and whatever and she was like um we're not anyone's parents like me Justin Bieber Selena Gomez like all of these people like the celebrities of my generation like we're not here to raise people like if whatever we're putting what out is for people yeah, I'm to not consume, here to right. babysit your kids I'm not here to babysit your kids or raise your kids like if you don't want them to do what I'm doing don't let them listen to me. But it's like, not I'm her fault that kids gravitated towards her music. Exactly. I because it was amazing... marketed towards them. And that's not her fault. That's the label's fault. Yeah. I saw an amazing interview. I think ugh, Zoe Saldana, the, whoever she was in Crossroads with a yes. movie with, came out and she was on Watch What Happens Live like maybe four or five years ago. And they asked her about it. And she was talking about Britney. And she very much came to her defense just in terms of who she is as a person, said, you know, she was lovely to work with. I, she has an amazing heart. And she said something very interesting where she was like, I think a lot of people, or I think people and specifically children gravitate towards good energy. And it's like, even though she might be singing, I'm a slave for you, the energy, like, I, I feel like coming away, I'm glad that coming away from the documentary, I think people have a much better idea of like how pure she is mm-hmm. as a person. Right. Like she is she is that innocent like she really is this wide-eyed I'm like not that innocent. <laughs> gravitating toward good energy and also like at the end of the day she is an entertainer mm-hmm. and that's like something i think is really interesting about like today is that you really do have like i guess arguably all of these entertainers but like you can separate between influencers and like actual entertainment like people that have like these real talents that are different than just kind of like being marketable Mm -hmm. like talents that really like stand the test of time right like you're a performer or something like I don't know it's just it's really different to me like if I'm not saying like I'm just using her as an example but Kim Kardashian like I'm not saying that she doesn't have any talent I'm just saying that she's a different type of celebrity as someone like Britney Spears where like Britney can go put on a show and she's an entertainer like that and like some people made their personalities their enter- 
how they are an entertainer. Right. right. And I think it's a very, I think it's entertainment, but I just think that they're very separate. Like, yes. whether you're a performer or whether you're a personality. Well, and I think like, you could be, you could go back, you could put Britney Spears in caveman times and just have her dance for you. And undeniably so, any human being would yeah. be entertained or enthralled by right. what was going on. You can't exactly take Kim Kardashian and put her, strip away the business, strip away the reality show. Like, exactly. The over it's the this top mark behind her. Yeah, the family. Yeah. It doesn't stand alone. I have to say one more thing before we yes, wrap up. Yes, of course. Is it. It's interesting to me, you touched on this for a second, the idea of, like, you know, she is vilified for her kind of, like, sexual nature. And it's as a, it's because she's a woman. Like, she has right. said herself in, in an interview that I don't think was in the documentary, but one that I've seen around a bunch from, like, literally 1999. They're asking her about her, you know, midriff being shown and mm -hmm. like how she feels about that and the role model connection. And she's like... You know, it's funny. They, they, people always ask me this, and you know, I've been touring with the Backstreet Boys in in sync, and they're thrusting all over the microphone and like the mic stand, and even she doesn't say this, but a great example is like Michael Jackson, another entertainer who is uh, supposedly family friendly. Like entire right. generations, yeah. like listened to that music or did listen to that music, and no one gave a damn about him being sexual, but. And Justin Timberlake, who exactly. owes a lot of women an apology. Oof. Poor Jessica Biel. I yeah. mean. Let's make it our little responsibility to better better the industry we're going into. Yes. Mm -hmm. And don't let this Check momentum die. Right. Keep, we need to keep talking about this free Britney situation. Mm -hmm. And for, not only for her, but just for conservatorship abuse, period. Yes. Like, what the, the lawyer was saying in the documentary, she's never seen anyone get out of one before. Right. So. That's a problem. Got to set the precedent. Yep. So speaking, so speaking of conservatorship and conservatorship abuse, um, I am going to give a maybe we can all go around for our last segment and recommend something. I'm going to recommend the movie I Care a Lot, which is now it's a on Netflix, and it is a thriller comedy that takes a look at the abuse in the like care of elderly persons industry, which is. Weird to call that an industry, but it is at the end of the day. And yeah. it it draws from a lot of real life situations while still a fictional story and not based in reality, like not based on a true story, but based in reality. I would highly recommend it. It was really entertaining. And also a another one of these subjects we don't commonly speak about, but we need to know about. I would recommend um, the Paris Hilton documentary if you haven't seen that already and pair it with the Britney doc because I think that that shows like both sides of what we were just talking about, about like influencers because Paris was essentially one of the first influencers um, yes. took social media by storm, which is I think we didn't even really talk about social media, but I think that's a huge reason why a lot of things have changed um, between pop it took culture all, now and pop took, culture before took all the power away from the paparazzi right i know that's yeah. like such a huge win as as toxic as social media can be thank god we don't have an industry of like selling photos and like following right. it's down, the selling like, the them which is like oh. it, it's crazy but um yeah the paris Hilton documentary is on youtube it's two hours and i thought it was great Right. And it, it's kind of a slow burn. Like, slow burn, but... I was but... familiar with some of the stuff that they were going to discuss, and you kind of watch it, and you're like, okay, this is this is interesting. I, I like being behind the curtain of her life. And then, like, that last 45 minutes is, like, really heartbreaking. Yeah. She said something where she was like, this was supposed to be just a documentary, like, about my current life. And then as they were making it, mm -hmm. it got to a point where she was like, 
this is kind of nothing. Like I I I'm I want to actually reveal yeah. something and And she I think felt it was probably really therapeutic for her to go through that documentary process to the point where she had to realize like, oh, there's some things that I need to fix from my past. Mm-hmm. Do you have any recommendations for anything at all? There's a Zane Lowe interview with Miley Cyrus that is super interesting, all like plastic parts related, but talking a lot about her life. There's one takeaway, like quote takeaway that I'll mention, which they were talking about like addiction and relationships with like, like the idea of like quitting something. Mm -hmm. And she said something that she was like, you know, I'm very, I'm a very decisive person. Like I I do have some weird relationships with like substances and people, but if I can wake up one day and be like, I'm not going to do it today. And then the next day she might wake up and say, I want to, and she will. And I don't know, that really inspired me in my life because I would like to say that about myself, that I'm, you know, like actionable and will hold myself accountable in that way. But truth be told, I'm still working on it. But mm-hmm. hearing that from her gave me a lot of like confidence to, to really own that for myself. Yeah. Another recommendation, Miley related. If the last, to everyone who's listening, if the last Miley record you gave a chance was bangers, like listening to in full, and now you're listening to Plastic Hearts, I really recommend that you go back and listen to everything that's happened in between because Mm -hmm. there is very much like a sonic and personal story and evolution that occurs. Yeah. It's like the Madonna, Janet, Britney, like do your history. Yes. Read up on the shit that you like because it makes it a lot sweeter. Yeah. Well, that's a beautiful, lovely note to end on, I think. Yes. This is this has been fun. Yes. Thank, Thank you, you, Mikey. For joining us today. Thank you. It's been a blast. You are really, really so knowledgeable about what you love and what you're passionate about, and it really comes through, which is wonderful. Thank you. Right. Very admirable. <laughs>